What's up, everybody? It's Mike Singer. He's Tim Hyde. It's our Notre Dame football show. We're back. Uh, it's Wednesday. Uh, we got a great show lined up. We're going to bring on a on three director of recruiting. Excuse me, on three uh, director of rankings and scouting. We had on three director of recruiting uh, Chad Simmons on last week. This week we have uh, director of scouting and rankings Charles Power on to talk about you know some of Notre Dame's 2023 signees, why they're ranked where they are. Um, what does he see big picture with this recruiting class? So it's going to be um, a lot of fun. Yeah, like Joe Bro says, hit that like button. Um, really would appreciate you guys. Really, I, I can't emphasize enough how much that's helped support our channel and what we're doing here. Um, subscribe to our channel, of course, if you have not yet. And you go to our blueandgold.com website, join for $29.99 to unlock premium access until the start of next football season. And you can always get in some good spirited football debates with Tim Hyde. Tim, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Real quick, I see uh, Daniel asks, how cold is it in South Bend? Well, let me tell you, Daniel, I'm not in South Bend. I'm up here in New Hampshire, and we're going to have about three straight days of negative 20s. Saturday's supposed to get negative 45, so it's really cold. There's a massive Arctic front coming in, so I don't know if the guys in South Bend are getting that right now. So it no. is brutal, cold. 21 degrees in South Bend right now. I am actually yes. in Ridge, Colorado right now. How is that? I don't have my touchdown Jesus behind me. I, 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 I'm I in a, like a, a big game room, so I'm probably echoing like crazy, not the best sound quality, and my microphone didn't make the cut um, But uh, for the packet. But, yeah, it's 12 degrees here. It's it was just chopping some wood oh, right before nice. jumping on a live show, feeling yeah. like a manly man right now. That That's not often the case. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great time. Got to write four articles today. Yeah, not a vacation. People are like, oh, have a good vacation. I mean, I'm I, I'm not taking any days off. I'm doing the live show. In laws are up making dinner. But uh, I see a Sacramento there, real quick. My uh, my great grandparents, my dad's side of the family, was born and raised in Sacramento. So, cheers to Sacramento. I've been there a billion times in my life. I love it. Absolutely. Well, Tim, um, we'll go ahead and dive into it. So since I started covering uh, college football recruiting and my, um, sorry, I was reading the text I just got, um, my, um, the, the first class I covered was 2020. And I've talked about this a lot. Clarence Lewis was the guy who enrolled in the summer and no one thought Clarence Lewis was going to be a big time player at all. 2021, or at least that soon as a true freshman, right? Clarence Lewis took over a starting quarterback spot over Tariq Bracey. Yes. No one expected. say had a fantastic 2019 season. No one expected that. 2021, no one, including Mike Singer, expected Joe Waltz to be a key part of the Notre Dame offense. To, to, he, I mean, he wasn't. I thought he might play as a junior, Tim. Yeah. I think he did too. <laughs> right. I think everyone did. I think Notre Dame did. I think Joe Waltz's dad did. Um, but yeah. So that was summer enrollee. Impact as a true freshman. And in 2022, folks, there's this guy named Ben Morrison. Summer enrollee plays a huge part as a true freshman. So the topic for that we're going to start off this show before we bring in um, on three director of scouting and rankings, Charles Power, to talk about some 2023 Notre Dame recruiting. Today is National Signing Day. It's that traditional first Wednesday in February, um, Notre Dame had a non-existent signing day. The Irish were all done with uh, with their their class, but um, we're still going to talk some recruiting. But who who do you think from this class, Tim? Again, summer enrollee. That 
that plays a big part this season. You have the list handy because mine yep. is all right. Good to go because mine, Wait. mine is my guy who's been the guy for the last year, and that's going to be Brendan Vernon. And okay. I just. I'm a huge fan of his. I we're gonna have Mr. Powers on soon, and his ranking I've never understood whatsoever because I've seen senior film, and he is one of the most dominant, most physically ready, violent point of attack, hundred miles an hour to the ball, ready to play football. And I'm not saying he's gonna come in and start and be, you know, an instant guy as a true freshman, but there. Compared to last year's freshman and some other guys over the last few years, he is a dude that's ready to go. I, I never thought Tyson Ford was a violent, just mean, you know, go-getter right from the get-go. I always felt he needed some development. You saw Vernon down in San Antonio, and I love to hear what you say about him because some of the clips of him, he looks like he is a, is a high school guy. He, he's just, For me, I, I don't see how you don't put him on the field and say you got 12, 15 snaps go kick butt in the B gap, the C gap, whatever damn gap, and go play with your motor. He, that's just my guy. Yeah. he. I say this as a compliment to Brandon Vernon. He looked like a jerk. Like, <laughs> he looked like an absolute bully. Like, he's just big. He's got these earrings. Like, he, yeah. um, he's wearing, like, the, the hoodie under his practice jersey. Like, he just looks like a badass. Shaved head now. Yeah. Shaved head now. Like, just – he is someone that if you're getting in a bar fight, you want Brennan Vernon on your yeah. side, and you don't want to see him on the other side. I hope that's not, like, a bad thing to say because he's, like, 18. But, you know, like, you guys get what I'm saying. Like, he is just – a. I don't like to say like, oh, he's a dude, because you know, but like he's a dude, like he's a freak show. I was, you know, you know, hey, I could say it. I was in the Marines. It's the guy you want in your fighting hole. It's the guy you want next to you. You know, when you're and you know, the bad guys are coming after you. It's the guy you trust. Yeah, it's the guy you know who's gonna have no fear. He just plays like that. The film I've seen on him is he just says, I'm, I'm just gonna line up and play football. Everyone, you know, follow me. Boom, I'm going straight ahead. Let's go attack people. And he just plays like that. He's just. Yeah, just a, a bully. Just bully. Yeah. bully is in, hey, trust me, I'm going right here, guys. And I just, man, I hope, I hope and pray, light some of those Notre Dame candles that I, Notre, you know, Notre Dame, the coaches don't overthink this and just be like, we got, this guy has to play a dozen snaps. He has to get on the field a dozen snaps. Now, if he goes to camp and he's getting driven backwards 22 yards every single play and can't do anything, of course not. But I just don't see that, especially with some of the need, you know, with, with the defensive line. I mean, you know, I, I think the D-line's a lot is going to be a little bit better than some people think or expect, you know, expectations. But it's like, just play him. Get him on the field somewhere. And he's just my guy in this whole entire class. I just think he's just being undervalued all around. Yeah. So Tim and I did not plan like we're, we, I sent an, I sent him an outline. We, we text like, Hey, who, what do we want to talk about during the show? I don't want to tell you. What's that Tim? No, I said, exactly. I didn't want to tell you mine. So. Right, so yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Like we don't, we don't tell each other. So this is, this is my guy. It's also Vernon Vernon. <laughs> it's also Vernon Vernon. I think, let's see. Um, so the list is interesting because you're like, okay, you you already know the linemen aren't going to play more than right, so, right? yeah, let's let's go through that now. So on the right side, you can see like it's enrolled. So here's all the early enrollee guys. So we're not going to go through them. You don't see Jagasaw. 
Now, love I could see playing, but that's a loaded running back room, right? That's a, uh, you know. Yeah. Unless he's a special teamer of some sort. The running yeah. back room with the experience, Mike, is that that's tough just because of those guys who have the experience. And they were sophomores last year, so yeah. that's going to be a tough one to crack. So then Vernon, who's my choice. Hillman is my other. If, if, if I'm going, well, Tim picked – um, Tim picked uh, Brendan Vernon. Then I got to pick somebody else. I'm going Brendan Hillman. Hey, Tim, like, I, so for this, I want to look at someone who's physically ready. That's a big thing because you're not getting that spring development, um, not only with Matt Bayless, but also just learning college life and the playbook and all that. So I also like it as a defensive player, somewhere it's like, all right, see ball, get ball. Like, I think Brandon Hillman, I think whether it's a, a a third down package where he's the rover or, um, you know, if he's playing some dime as, as a, um, you know, a slot cornerback. Like I could just see Hillman because he's physically ready and he played high school quarterback. Yeah. Um, so he knows defenses. So I be um, can want, want to hear from the YouTube chat what you guys think. Um, from some of these summer guys um, that get there, so we'll we'll continue on the list though. Well, you know, real quick on, yeah, on Hillman, it, you know, the number one thing you see on his film is just his physicality as well. Just much like Brendan, physical football player, speed. The guy's got a lot of speed, so he's yeah. you know, if he comes in and just like boom, that first week of camp, same thing pops out. That's kind of what's happened with you know Morrison and these other guys. Like holy moly, this guy's just he's too athletic to not play. And, um, and if you got to, you know, since you and I had Vernon and you got Hillman, you had someone on that list at a position that Notre Dame just always seems to play a freshman and that's tight end. Yeah. I, it may be tough, but I'm a big, I mean, you go back to the De La Salle kids, as we talked a week ago, those guys always play at Notre Dame. And um, he's a guy who's physical, ready to play tight end at Notre Dame is interesting Still, you know, I truly believe, obviously, we, you know, I think Evans is going to be the guy, but how's Raritan going to be? You know, I like Stays as the number two next year is you got Bauman, who's been up and down a roller coaster with injuries. Does a true freshman become the third guy there? Yeah, I don't see it. I think third guy, but for this, I think they're better choices. Like, yeah, I think Bauman, Evans, Stays, maybe Raritan. I think all those guys should be, but. Yeah, it's a should lot be is the key word, right? Yeah. I mean, this is—I mean, who would have thunk that? Uh, yeah, Ben Morrison would have been this, you know, standout true freshman. You know, you just—you never know. Um, but yeah, continuing on this list, Tim. A bit yeah, Traore. You know, he's battled so many injuries. I don't know, Tim. I, some people think he's just going to be this freak. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not. He's another guy that's. I'm with you. You just. I don't know. I think the jury's still very much out for him. Like he's got, he's got a really high ceiling though, but maybe he could be the surprise. Micah Bell. Great. Uh, great. Just uh, 10 seconds off. That is exactly a surprise, at least for you and I, because I'm, I'm the same. I don't know how str- And watching his high school film, athletic, long arms could run. I don't know how strong he is. And I think to play as a freshman, especially in the interior, you gotta have some strength. I don't know how strong he is. That that would be my that would be a huge surprise if he played. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know if you guys can hear all the chairs being moved around up there, but hey, we 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 move along with the show. Um, okay, uh, 
Yeah, Micah Bell, someone just commented on YouTube. Feel good about Zinter. Yeah, Zinter being a, a, a January enrollee, um, so it does January, not include right. this. But, yeah, Bell, I, don't, I don't think I said Bell looked lost. That doesn't sound like me, but he struggled. Um, I, I think that he's got some development to do. I mean, he was a high school running back, yes. just like Sullivan Absher was a played tackle. But, I mean, it was just run block, run block 99% of the time. So, would be surprised to see him. Same with Joe Wadding, offensive lineman. Chris Tarek, an offensive lineman. Armel Mookum seems pretty raw at this point. And I do think Caleb Smith could be a surprise. Like my people I talked to at Notre Dame, they think that one of these receivers is going to emerge and have a big season between Great House, James, and Flores, those three early enrollees. And they're not discounting Smith as a guy who could come in this summer and just look, if the guy can play, they're going to play him. Just got to get him acclimated and, and learn the playbook. Um, get him up to speed in college ball. But yeah, Tim, um, I, I like Vernon um, for, again, these summer guys. We're not talking about the, the early enrollees because that's, I mean, you you got a, a ton of guys. But who is that next Joe Walt, Ben Morrison? For me, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at Vernon, Vernon, but yeah, if not Vernon, Hill. Now with Vernon, real quick, going back to your San Antonio is – you know, because last we had heard, you know, he's 285 and whatnot. He'd really thin down. What was your yeah. thoughts on him? Yeah. Um, I trimmed down to, I want to say, like 260-ish. Yeah. So definitely a size where he can come into play right away. He – I know he had the interception in the All-American Bowl um, He in the actual game. The first mm-hmm. practice he picked off a pass. Looked really good in run support, Tim. But pass rushing, he's he like – Full rush. I talked to the defensive line coach um for the east team yeah and he told me that i was talking to him about keely and vernon and he keon keely of course the former Notre Dame commit yeah. to alabama he said hey i think that uh i think keely you can tell he's been coached really well like he's technically sound he said vernon just going off of raw ability yeah. so that's something that like might frustrate you a little bit hearing that but also it's really exciting because he's a darn good player already and he's just going off of sheer athleticism and just kind of his instincts and uh, you get him to Notre Dame. I know the jury's still out there on Al Washington and what kind of coach he is, but um, you get him coached up and yeah, I think he could be a force. It's, it's, it's an exciting, he's an exciting player, but yeah, I, I like I like the picks Tim. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He's, he's a talented one. He's a, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's such a large, that's the other thing. It's such a large early enrollee. They can, they took the thunder away with so many guys, you know. My first thing was like, oh, Christian Gray. And I was like, damn it, he is yeah. an early enrollee. So, because I love Christian Gray. I think he's going to be a heck of a football player. So, he's he, he's going to be my spring guy I'm looking forward to being. Yeah. Who's going to be this year's Blake Fisher, right? Who's going to be this year's Jake junior? Greyhouse. Yeah. Well, I'm taking Greyhouse all day. So, Greyhouse is going to beat all those wide receivers with experience ahead of him. But that's I mean, the thing is, he can play all. I think he could play everything. Like if Caleb Smith is your locked-in boundary guy, the Virginia Tech transfer, not the true freshman, I think you can put Great House. I, I think you could put him as an H back at times. Like I, I think you can really do a lot of different things with him. Um, so yeah, yeah. If you're if you're playing him in the slot and he, he comes in motion, and you snap it, and they do that little play where you know a play action, uh, you know, fake to the left, come back to the right, throw to the flats. Like I think that could be something that they get Jaden Greathouse the ball. Like, I just think that he's going to be – I mean, who are all these like, guys above him like that are super proven at the receiver position? Well, it's not so much proven, but, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in experience. And, 
I mean, Gene Thomas has a ton of experience, obviously. You know, Styles, as disappointing as he is, he's still second on the end. He's the leading receiver returning, which is which 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 is interesting because we think he had like three catches last year. <laughs> and he had a heck of a lot yeah. more than that. And then obviously the development of Colsey over, over this season was just outstanding and uh and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, there's not a Tobias Merriweather, everyone fully expects him to be the guy. If he didn't get a concussion, knocked him out. And I I, I think Notre Dame was slow being a freshman, like, hey, relax, end of the season, let's just take our time with you. But Tobias is going to be a guy they don't take off the field this year, I bet. So still a good chunk of guys. You know, Notre Dame is going to run around, you know, run the ball physical. So, you know, they're going to insert two tight ends at times. It's going to be an interesting group how they merge in these. 15 spring practices together. You mentioned because I, I go back to Hartman. One of his strengths is his play action game. So Notre, the way Notre Dame runs the ball so much is the play action off of that's going to be awesome. Tim, you mentioned something interesting in there, and I'm going to paraphrase. It. She said like, you know, hey, he got injured. Now we're just going to have him chill, like slow down a little bit. You know what's always good to chill and slow down? That's heading over. Yeah, Mike. Look at Mike just rolling right into it. I love it. <laughs> love it. That's that's uh yeah that's rogue shop. Um, so yeah, folks, if, if, uh, yeah, if you're looking for, you know, a place that sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, um, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more, um, yeah, head over to rogueshop.com. They specialize in small batch, sustainable, um, plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business, farm and grow everything themselves, do everything by hand. Their, their website to visit is rogueshop.com. Use the promo code blue and gold. That is just one word, no spaces, blue and gold. It'll get you 10% off your order. Um, yeah, go to rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, or have anxiety and stress. Again, promo code uh, blue and gold gets you uh, 10% um, off your order. There it is, folks. P- blue and gold, Indiana's place for legal TB, C- excuse me, CBD, THC, and more. All right, Tim. Uh, next up, look, like I mentioned earlier in the show, today was National Signing Day 2.0. Uh, I know we like to forget about it because, yeah, it's just not something we talk about much because Notre Dame signed 24 players and then their five um, uh, transfers. So no action today. Um, but, Tim, they did sign the number nine class in the country. Um, they finished number eight on the December signing period. Oregon signed a four-star top hundred cornerback, Roger Pleasant. They slid past Notre Dame and Notre Dame also, I think, see this score right here. It was 92.6, but this rolling average, uh, went up from 20 to 21. So that actually dropped Notre Dame a little bit. So this, uh, rolling average right here is, um, so rivals, for instance, uses your top 20 players in a class. That's the ranking. If you sign 30 kids or 21 or 18, it doesn't matter. It's only taking your top 20. So you're at a severe disadvantage. You've signed under 20. If you sign 35 stars, it doesn't matter. You're only is only taking account your, your top 20. On three is different in that they're using an, a rolling average of um, all of the power five schools out there. What You add them all up, do that math. And it's 21. So the average number of commits slash signees um, for all these Power 5 schools is 21. So when that changed, um, that was, was not kind to Notre Dame. 
Um, so yeah, 92.375s were the Irish are at. And um, last cycle, Notre Dame was at 92.59. So that's just a difference of, you know, 0.22, which is a very small difference, but it's three spots difference in this national rankings. Notre Dame's 2022 class finished number six. I think a big part of that, Tim, was Texas A&M and Georgia um, and, and Alabama just had far and away the best classes. And I, I think they this year was spread out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but uh, any, any thoughts on that, Tim? No, it's, I mean, go back to the top class. I was just looking at that real quick, but um, if you can. Uh, yeah. No, it's it, it's it didn't change the blue chip, you know, which, you know, we've gotten into that. They have, I want to say they're blue chips. I mean, they're, they're the, I think they have the fourth most blue chips, which over the last two years, you know, them, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio yeah. State are the only four schools in the 70% two years in a row. Yeah, 79%. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at the other schools, so it's compounding classes. Freeman and them got to do it again in 2024 just to keep this thing rolling. You know, half of uh, like I think half of Oklahoma's classes is three stars. A lot of those classes are like Tennessee. I, I find it fascinating. You start looking at the five-star quarterbacks. Obviously, Texas has a great class, but Tennessee—they're only forty-eight percent. I, I I believe if I looked at with their blue chip, forty-eight percent blue chip. So, and they went out and obviously got one of the premier five stars. UCLA got Dante Moore. They're not even in this list. You know, what are they in the twenties or something? So some schools that went out and got five stars, but yeah, exactly. Where is UCLA? 32. 32. So they got a quarterback who else around them, a ton of lower ranked guys. So that was one thing I started looking at was the high end players. Obviously didn't look, care about Alabama's. They got so many, you know, blue chips. It's not even fair. And, uh, you know, but when you look at Notre Dame to a bunch of schools around them, it still ended up being a heck of a class. It really, it really did. When you look at the blue chips, where they fall in that, I'm trying not to get hung up on the actual. Oh, you finished nine because it so it just feels like so different than the olden days because of the the little numerical value. And look at all these guys bunched up within a point of each other. It's just fractions, fractions, you know, just. Um, of a guy split hairs here and there. So, but that goes back to the rankings and, you know, they got a guy who's 220, but Notre Dame's got a guy 235. So does that make their class better? It does comparable in some of those fractions. So it, it, it is a fascinating uh, thing to look at, but overall Freeman back-to-back classes in the seventies and blue chip. And that's the key. It's super chat here uh, from Andrew yeah. Gilmore says, Bud Elliott from the Cover 3 podcast on CBS uh, called Notre Dame's class. A very Brian Kelly-type class. I disagree based on the receivers. Uh, yeah. Tim, we'll, we'll let you weigh in on this before well, I do. Yeah, real quick. I mean, for Bud Elliott to say that, Bud Elliott's the guy that uses the blue chip ratio. He's the guy that came out with this thing, what, 10, 12 years ago. He's the one that's putting this whole thing together, and he comes it out, comes out with his you know, composite list after what spring ball or whatnot. So – Compare if Bud Elliott just looks at his own stats, his own rankings, he will see that Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia are the only programs, the last two recruiting classes that have more blue chips than Notre Dame. So I don't know what he's talking about with Brian Kelly when you and I have talked multiple times, Mike. Half of Brian Kelly's classes were 50% blue chips. Yeah. So I, he had he had one class, one class above the 70s, and that's the great class of 13. Which? The, rest of his, the rest of his did not 
did not compare at all to the last two Notre Dame classes. So that just makes no sense. And I respect Bud Elliott. I've listened to his pod, and especially when he talked about recruiting and whatnot. But oh, that, this was very unlike Brian Kelly recruiting class. Yeah. And the, the 2013 class, which is, you know, one of the best in, in Notre Dame history, yeah. who are seniors in 2016 for that season? I, I know. I don't think we'd like to talk about that, but that's and, that's just the fact of the matter. And what's crazy is is Brian Kelly's best class is probably two, is the 2016 class where it was loaded Off with three season. stars and nine guys went to the nine ten guys went to the NFL on that on that class, which is baked in with just tons and tons of three stars. So yeah, and Andrew, that's class. yeah Andrew, appreciate the five. Um, Want to go to one more thing. This is uh, you've heard me make this argument, Tim. I don't. I am not going to call the twenty twenty two class Brian Kelly's last class because he didn't do anything for the twenty two. Yeah, he didn't class. finish it when he left. There was no change. So this is his last one. Look at this blue chip ratio, Tim. Forty eight percent. That's a Fisher and and these exactly. That's you know spin. I mean, just I I know. Just go down the the rankings every time I do this and I put together lists and I see who's who and whatnot. It's there's so many guys, so many three stars on this class. No disrespect yeah. to some of these guys are still on the roster and whatnot, but there's a lot of guys down here that are either gone or just aren't going to play at Notre Dame. Yeah, Devin Alpew. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he. I think he's had a, a fall camp, and that was it. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, spring and left is spring. You know, JoJo Johnson. You got uh, like Cardi G, who has gone after one semester. I mean, there's and there's more to it on that. So no, exactly. I I'm with you. The 2022 class. Was Freeman? I mean, he was he was there. He kept them together. Him and Tommy Reese went door to door, keeping yep. those guys. Because as we know in this recruiting age, those guys could have left, those guys could have bailed, and they didn't because the staff kept them intact. And yep. in this age, what happens with recruiting? Dudes bail, they decommit left and right whenever there's coaching changes. That did not happen with 2022. All right, folks, please do hit that thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content. And uh, as always, head over to our website, blueandgold.com, for all of your Notre Dame um, football coverage. Uh, speaking of football coverage in Notre Dame, I mean, Augie's locker room has been in a, a world of his own for, for quite um, some time. Um, and if you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and you're looking for that special piece uh, to complete your rec room, head over to Augie's locker room. Dot com. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. You can find exclusive Joe Montana signed items and items of, of famous Joel, excuse me, sculptor Jerry McKenna's miniature um, replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. If Augie doesn't have it in his store, he will go out and find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com. Give them a call, 574-277-NDND. And if you're in town, stop in 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. All right, we put it in the headline of this video. We're bringing in Charles Power. We're going to try not to grill him too, too much. Uh, this is the uh, director of scouting and rankings at all three. Charles, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Charles, I, I want to start um, with, with a little question. Just your role, because I feel like you have one of the most thankless jobs out there. Um, I mean, anytime 
there's a new on three rankings and you, that's tweeted out and you just look through tweet. It's like Miami's fan base is pissed. Florida's fan base is pissed. Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan. So how is everybody pissed at the rankings? There has to be something good in there. Tim, yeah, or uh, Charles, you just you just have a thankless job, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Sam's. You, you feel a little bit like you're a referee doing this, but um, at the end of the day, we're just we're honestly ranking the individuals first, um, and 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 then um, we're ranking the individuals first, and then it kind of just shakes out with, with classes. So um, it's a it's a multi year process, and we start ranking these guys well before they commit. Um, you know, ranking them, I guess, as they're as they're continuing. Um, you know, throughout the process. Do you also have me? Yeah, it's kind of cut cutting out here and there, but we can we can see you and, and we or we can hear you. Uh, so yeah, continue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, and, and we're just we're evaluating them the whole cycle. Um, so it's 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 interesting, but uh, I mean, I try to we, we try to not to let any kind of feedback really, uh, you know sway our opinions i think we, we just effort to be as fair as possible and i think if you look at it kind of over the the balance of the cycle in, in multiple cycles um you know it, it tends to be relatively fair and we're just trying to project as as best we can ultimately to the nfl draft which is kind of our our general um compass and, and kind of goal measuring stick yeah. so and, and as long as i've done this i've had so many people like hey mike can you you know put in a word to get this kid bumped up and i'm like if that, if I could do that, like, what would that say about the ranking? That would really say a lot of terrible things about the rankings process. So, I, you know, I, I think you guys do an outstanding job. Uh, talking about some specific Notre Dame guys, uh, wanted to go first to Notre Dame's quarterback um, in, in the 2023 class, Kenny Menchie. Someone who, what's interesting, Charles, is that he didn't really play much as a senior. Uh, I think it was four regular season games and then a, one playoff game. And, and then he tried to go the next week, but had a shoulder injury. We didn't get to see him at the All-American Bowl. But I, I believe in your last rankings update, he still moved up. What is it about Mitch that you guys continue to like him? Yeah, and we've – I was I would stress, like, we've always liked Kenny Minchie. I think he was a four-star for us the entire cycle, basically, um, like dating back to our initial – first on 300 ranking for the 2023 cycle. So we, we, we've always liked him. And that was, you know, when he was committed to before he committed to Pittsburgh, while I was committed to Pittsburgh. Um, I think, I think watching him early on as a senior, he showed some, some progress you really like to see in terms of just how slow the game was moving for him. He had a couple of really big games to start of the year. Um, he, he's always been one that we, that we, like, like I said, that we liked, I, I thought he was always very good in the camp setting um, in terms of just, the, the arm strength, the mechanics, uh, a guy who could easily replicate his throwing motion, um, like a kind of a compact, uh, developed build, can generate power on his throws. He's got a, like a really big hand, grips the ball easily. Um, it, it comes out clean most of the time. Um, just very consistent. Like I thought at the Elite 11 finals, seeing all those guys, um, the majority of the top quarterbacks in the cycle were, were out there and, and uh, in LA and, and I thought he stacked up really well with them just from a throwing perspective. Um, and, and then seeing him, I think just play a, against the pass rush, um, dealing with, with pressure, the way he could kind of navigate the pocket as a senior was very encouraging. Um, and it's a deal where I think if he had played more of the season, he maybe could have gone higher, but as we kind of just continue to stack them up in that 
stack up that that quarterback cycle. Um, you know, we thought he probably needed to move up a little bit, and that that quarterback group in general kind of moved up uh, as a as a group. It's just like the twenty three cycle in terms of quarterbacks is, in my opinion, like it's very deep. Um, there's not maybe like a bona fide number one overall that you kind of that that checks all the boxes, um, like, like kind of like a Bryce Young or maybe like a Caleb Williams or certainly not like a Trevor Lawrence, but it's just very deep. And I think Kenny Minchie being our 17th quarterback speaks to that. I, I think, I think Kenny Minchie projecting him out to Notre Dame. I think he has the potential to be a multi-year starter at Notre Dame. And, and, and I think he is one of the better quarterbacks that they've signed recently, to be honest, um, just as a high school prospect, just kind of what he brings. So uh, I, I think it's, I would be really excited about him if I was a Notre Dame fan. And I, I think too, Mike, I mean, like, I think they're, their ability and just kind of the, the, I guess, awareness to circle back to him and, and identify that need. Uh, and he's a guy that they were in on. They didn't dig their heels in and kind of, um, you know, stick with the initial evaluation, continue look, looking at him. Uh, and I think that was a very, like, resourceful move um, for their staff and kind of illustrates, some, I think, just a, a sign that you would like to see from a staff coming back and, and circling back on a guy that, that you evaluated previously and they had him in camp and whatnot. So um, I think that shows some, some really encouraging kind of growth from, from the Notre Dame staff and, and, you know, bringing him in with Sam Hartman, I think they, they really improved their quarterback room from a talent perspective, which is, you know, if, if you're trying to make college football playoff runs, uh, I think that's what you have to do in, you know, in, in the current college football climate. So, um, and, and we've talked about this all the time as well, I think evaluating quarterbacks when you're taking quarterbacks, when they're freshmen and sophomores in high school, like it's kind of a, a roll of the dice. Like you it's, they aren't like, it's very up to chance kind of how those guys shake out. So I think coming back on Kenny Minchie as a senior eval, um, I think that that's a really solid evaluation. I think you feel pretty good about him coming in. So, um, you know, I think we've always been big fans of Kenny Minchie and I think that was a really, a really smart and kind of resourceful move for Notre Dame for sure. Tim. Yeah, no, first off, Charles, excuse me. That was, that was excellent. Man. I loved hearing you talk about Kenny. That was a great breakdown because I'm, I'm right there with you. He's an outstanding football player. All right. My question, I'm going to, I'm going to speak for all of the blue and gold fans out there and please tell us the ranking story of Mr. Brennan Vernon. How, mm-hmm. how did this guy go from, everyone's top five star to where he's at, where he fell. What, what, I, I guess you say what happened, so to speak, but is yeah. it more, is it more film based? I'm curious. I want to, I want to interject real quick because Charles, I just want to make sure this is known. We don't have anything but sophomore film on Brendan Vernon on huddle. Like you, you have to watch full, you've got to find full game. So it's, it's yeah. not that easy and he hasn't been to camps. Um, yeah. So I, I do want to throw that out there first, Charles. Yeah, I, I I think first off, just generally speaking, the early rankings we do are probably one of the more difficult things that we do from a rankings perspective, just in terms of the, the project. Um, it's like kind of like what I just said about the quarterbacks. It's you're dealing with a very limited sample size, both in terms of what the players have done and even who you're looking at. Um, so like the, the group of prospects really grows significantly um so i think generally speaking if you're like a top 50 prospect as a freshman sophomore 
that really is kind of earmarked as, okay, this guy's probably going to be a top 250, 300 type, like as a, as a floor, generally speaking. Um, so I think that's important to realize like that's, it's not a static deal um, with the early, with the early rankings. I think with Brennan Vernon, he's a guy who definitely was, was ahead of the curve in terms of physical development and, and just maturity. Um, he's very strong. Uh, I think he, I, I, immediately was just, you know, like six, five, six, six as a 10th grader um, sticks out like, like a sore thumb in that regard. Um, and, and really too, kind of like to back up what Mike said, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of film. He's kind of been hurt a decent amount throughout his high school career, missed some time, not a lot of film to go through. Now, like we had the capability to watch games. And so like, I was able to watch some games of him this year um, and just, kind of get a feel for like the play personality and stuff. You, you don't necessarily, I mean, I don't, I didn't get to watch like all of his tackle for tackles for loss or all of his sacks like you do for everybody, but you get, you get a feel for him as a player doing that. And, and that paints a little bit of a picture also too. Like, I think, you know, his, his body has changed a little bit. Like he, he's kind of been up and down from a position perspective, a weight perspective. Like I know like Mike, we were talking about it. He was up kind of in that 280, 290 range. And we need to update his, his weight on, um, you know, on, on the, his profile, but, but he slimmed back down a little bit as well. So I think it'll be interesting to kind of see where he ends up from a size perspective and just kind of how he fills out at Notre Dame and where he really projects in the front. Um, you know, I thought like seeing him at the all American bowl, I thought he played pretty well out there. Um, it wasn't a deal where like we came away from that saying, Oh, he has to go down or, or anything like that. I think he kind of like held his own for the most part in terms of just like his status and his like grade didn't change for us. Like in terms of, the overall movement within that range of players who have his, his rating uh, that just is really kind of determined by positions. Like we, we start off just as our process, we start off, we rank every position. So we go for instance, like for him, defensive linemen, we order all the defensive linemen, we'll order all the linebackers, corners, safeties. And then we kind of put them together in a big list with their actual, like among their actual ranking for us so his i think is like a 91 or 92 i think it's like a 91 so yeah so he kind of sorts in within within those 91s which i think he's been a 91 for us for the majority like the vast majority of the cycle so it was really kind of un, it was really kind of unchanged but what are you gonna say mike no no sorry i was just gonna interrupt him because oh, okay question continue. i got you so so yeah i mean I, I think but i think seeing him out there at all american bowl like i think you know i it I thought he played pretty well for the most part. He was kind of around the ball, made plays. They had pretty good instincts, physical. Um, not probably not kind of what I expected. He's not like a pure pass, pass, ru- pass yeah. rusher. Um, he's kind of a straight ahead guy, bull rush guy, um, good run defender. Uh, I think plays with plays with good effort. Um, so it was it was about what I expected to be honest. After kind of watching his his games, but um, I think the largely just kind of the ranking story is. You know, it's just pretty typical of a, of a guy who was on the radar very early, um, you know, didn't have a, a, a ton of stuff. Um, and, you know, it kind of just he kind of just like leveled out as, you know, a, a, a top 300 four star. I think you're you made some really good points there. The national grade of that 296, that that ranking, I should say, I feel like that's much more of a fan metric like that. I mean, how really are you going to grade a guard mm-hmm. against a defensive end? It's more of just, yeah. like you said, the 91 grade of a defensive lineman versus the 91 grade of a safety. It's more like just a lottery of 
who gets the number 285 versus the 286, right? And, and then the grade part of that 91 that you ranked them, that is more important than anything, right? So if he moves down 40 spots in the ranking but stays a 91, that's just your guy's way of saying, hey, someone like Brandon Hillman we didn't even know about. Here he was an 87. Now we absolutely love him. We're bumping to him in the 130s like you guys did. That's am I kind of on the right track? Like, so if he, if Vernon drops 40 spots in the national rankings, but his grade of 91 stays the same, that's just you guys saying we grade other players higher. Our view of Vernon's not changed. We still think he's the same. He's dropping 40 spots, but we don't view him any differently. Is am I, I kind of on the right track? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. The, the 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 sample expands basically, and like the the group expands, and really, I mean, we go from probably watching, I don't know, 750 players when they're sophomores to like a couple thousand when they're seniors. So uh, it just, it just really expands. And and for us to like, we heavily value senior season. um, I think more so than probably everybody else. I just think from, from my experience doing this, that's just the best indicator of, of what you're going to get, especially like as a freshman, it's, it's just the most recent, um, data point and, and just exposure we have. Um, some of these guys too, I mean, the all-star game helps for sure, um, but everybody doesn't play in an all-star game. So um, the senior year is, is, really, is really kind of, for me, generally speaking, the most important thing that we, that we look at. So um, it's kind of a deal too, where like our, our evaluations, like the recruitment might be over, but we're, we're working on our rankings until they come out and like, in, I guess in this case, the middle of January. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was a deal where like that working on that final ranking, it gets real tight. Like it, it gets tight in the top, in the top 50, it gets tight in the top 100. Um, that's one thing you kind of realize doing this is there's like a lot of really good players and there's not a lot separating them. So we kind of have to really split hairs and, and the position stuff too is a little bit of, you know, comparing it, like you said, like a guard to a defensive lineman, it's just very, it's very like tedious. You know, it's, it's something that it takes us like two or three days just to like literally put the list together um, in terms of just ordering it. Tim. First off, I love that. Cause some people think you just throw darts on the board and you just broke it down. Like, no, we're not throwing darts on the board, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The one event of Brendan Vernon, I love, I love the, the way you broke that down. Cause obviously he's such a polarized figure from when he did commit way back when to now and people are like oh my god he's dropping but as you've said he's always been consistent for the last couple of years so um and then a big positive obviously with with your ranking is with has been with charles jagazal who you've always had up, up in that top top elite tier of offensive tackles and just wanted to get your opinion and break down on him yeah we've we've always been really high on, on charles jagazal i remember our initial ranking he like I think he had most of his offers were as a defensive lineman, and I just remember watching his sophomore film and thinking, okay, like this guy has a lot of potential on offensive line. And really, I think when you go back and look at it, I think this is a really strong offensive line group nationally. Uh, when you go back and look at it, a lot of these guys were really kind of pegged or, or mainly playing defensive line as sophomores, and they kind of, from a body type perspective, just kind of grew into to offensive linemen. Um, so that's what that's kind of what caught my eye about Jagasaw first. And he's a guy that I think the more you learn about him, the more you like him, uh, like like the, the wrestling background. He's a, probably one of the best heavyweight wrestlers in, in the Midwest. Um, I think the 
what sticks out to me about him the most is just is just the fluidity, the flexibility, the movement skills at his size, you know, around 6'6", 300. He cuts down for wrestling, which I think is typically a good sign. I think that's a benefit of wrestling in addition to just kind of the leverage and balance you, you develop. Um, I think with these big guys, it allows them – it kind of makes them stay in shape. Like he has to cut down to 285, um, and he's not going to get too big, and it's not going to really affect his movement skills. I think that's one really positive aspect of that. Um, and just, and just watching watching him play, you know, a, a guy who doesn't probably play the the greatest competition, but you know, some of his some of his clips are are really like, like eye catching. I mean, you can see yeah. some of the stuff on here. Like he's he's physical. I, I think he's uh, obviously got great movement skills. Um, you know, I think he. It'll be interesting to see how he develops at Notre Dame, like how quickly he kind of works his way in at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, I think, has a good reputation as like a developmental program. Like they don't bring guys in always expecting to play as freshmen. If they can, they will. Um, but it, it's, it's a deal where I think he'll, he'll have time to, to work his way, work his way in. And obviously they have a really good program with the strength program. And, and then uh, he stand has got a lot of skins on the wall um, developing offensive linemen. So um, yeah, I mean, I think we, I, we honestly had less exposure to him than a lot of the five stars, to be honest, I just with, without getting, getting to see him at the all American bowl. Um, you know, he's out with injury, but um I think so. That probably contributed a little bit to guys jumping him in the yeah. five-star ranks. We had him, you know, top ten area. Um, but I, I think just there was a little bit of a degree of unknown, and, and we got to see so many of these other guys in person. Um, but we we like him enough and feel good enough about it to keep him as a five-star. I think we're the only people that have him as a five-star. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, like big fan of him, and you know, I I, th I think he, there's just a lot of like projectable. Like, like just movement skills and, and stuff that you like really like to see with offensive line. I mean, I think offensive line is a position where like I've tried to like study that pretty hard. It, it's one that I think just generally speaking, our industry has struggled with because um, it's so developmental. And I think there's, there's uh, a little bit of a lean for college coaches to go just generally speaking to go with big ready-made like maulers and that can sometimes be at the expense of movement skills and just how they project long-term. Um, I think a lot of these, if you look at, we, so we study the NFL draft pretty hard. If you look at a lot of these offensive linemen who are drafted high are guys who are, tend to be lighter. They're multi-sport athletes. They move really well and they put on that weight. They have, they have big frames and good length and they are able to put on that weight uh, within their first year or so on campus and really become like a high-end lineman who has a ceiling um, so, and I think Notre Dame typically has done a really good job with that. Like a lot of the guys Notre Dame's brought in that have been drafted high fit that description. Um, so it's, it's probably not, you know, that, that's probably not news to Notre Dame fans, but that's just kind of our philosophy, typically speaking on, uh, on, on just evaluating offensive linemen. I think Jagasaw, you know, kind of, kind of fits that, fits that mold. I want to say you guys offer, or excuse me, uh, evaluated and had, uh, Joe Walt ranked pretty high. Mm -hmm. I yeah. didn't have anything to do with that. And I'm Joe Walt's biggest fan. And yeah, I had nothing to do yeah. with that. I, I, wish, I wish we had, honestly, I wish we had ranked Joe Walt higher. Um, he was one that I think, you know, that cycle was really weird. Like that, that, that was kind of the, the cycle that was most affected by COVID. And yep. you didn't really see anybody in person. So the rankings are really, I think for us and everybody, you're going to be all over the place for that one. I think when we look back on it in a year or so, when that, when that crowd's drafted, um, I think there's going to be a lot of big hits and a lot of big misses. But yeah. I think Joe Alt is a big hit, and we sh 
I think if we had had more exposure to him, we would have had him higher. But he just had so many positive signs for sure. Yeah. I hope Notre Dame fans watching and listening to this, I can kind of like get learn more about what this rankings process is because so much with rankings is either I'm mad at this because you drop my players, but if you move a player up, it's well, of course, Charles Power. What the hell were you thinking not having him higher before? So it's what I said. It's a thankless job for you, but I don't know. I, I pers- I would not have invited Charles Power on the show if I didn't think he was fantastic at his job. And I'm like, that's that's just what it is. I don't bring on guests if I don't believe in the guests. And and what I you know, I w- was at Rivals for nine years before on three. I, I respect the heck out of the Rivals guys, but you can't really ask journalists to do scouting. Charles is a scout. <laughs> like Cody Belair, who who works with Charles worked as the director of scouting at several schools. I mean, he was at Texas Tech, LSU, list goes on. Um, mm. So, like, people like Charles and, and Cody, they don't report. All their job is to do is, is just scout. I mean, so I'll take you two over, like, a team of 12, you know, analysts over at a different network where they're also reporters. Like, how much time can you spend scouting if you're also reporting? I mean, I remember – talking to you about Peyton Bowen after his junior season, you had watched like all of their games. I'm like, I haven't watched one of his games, but you're, you're watching all of his games. All right. That's enough. uh, Charles power, um, you know, patting him on the backs because I really disagree with you sometimes. And and there's a few, there's three that I want to talk about um, for, for Notre Dame in in this, uh, in this class. Let me, let me go up to Notre Dame's um, commit page. So I'm curious about like production versus projection because Jaden Greathouse, Drake Bowen, Enrico Flores Jr. doesn't get much better. I mean, Drake Bowen, the Butkus Award, like, and I, I tell people like you, you can't like base a rank, like a subjective ranking based off of a subjective award. Like if Charles Power said, oh, Drake Bowen won the Butkus Award, I'm going to bump him up because of that. Like that's te- that you'd be terrible at your job, right? So, but but still, Bowen, his production, Jaden Greathouse, what he's done at, at the high school level at, with, with, I mean, such a great program. It seems like he is the highest floor of a prospect you're going to find. Enrico Flores Jr. Seem, is similar in that, like mm-hmm. from a great program, super productive. So like, how do you... I just realized I went through that without showing this on the screen. I, I don't have my usual setup. I'm, I'm in Colorado. But um, how do you kind of weigh the production at the high school level versus project, projection, um, you yeah. know, in rankings? Yeah, I, I think I think production does matter. It's something we definitely look at pretty hard. Um, I think it matters for some positions more than others. Um, and I like I think it's important, kind of important to note that most of the guys we rank high that we have like as four stars like most of these guys they all have good production so it really some of it has to kind of be like a like a there's a separating element to really how how good it is um but but it, it's really it's like i kind of compare it to like a puzzle or like you're, you're you're putting all the pieces together so there's really not one piece that kind of dominates the whole total evaluation i think just touching on those guys um like I, I put out, we, we put out an article today. Like I think Jane Greathouse is an early contributor at Notre Dame. Like I think he's, I would not be surprised if he's you know, like a starting receiver, or at least heavily in the rotation, getting targets. I think his 
like I agree with Mike, Mike with what you said. I mean, his floor is extremely high. Um, he's a guy who probably plays for, yeah, I think his junior year, I think Austin Westlake was probably the best high school football team in the country. Yeah, um, dominated that, dominated that state championship game, uh, you know, against a, a corner who signed with LSU, just yeah. completely dominated the game. Um, and, 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 and took it over. He's a guy who I think is just very physical. You know, I think when, when you look at him, when you look at like the physical tools in terms of size, speed, length, he's not going to really blow you away. Like he's filled out. He's a big guy, um, but he's not one who's going to run. Like I don't think he's ever run been time like faster than like a four, seven or something like that. So he's not like a, a true top end speed separator, but um, I just think he's, a, he's just a very, coordinated, solid, um, functional athlete, really good basketball player, um, wins in contested situations, strong after the catch. So I think he can do a little bit of everything. And, and you, you, I think you could stick him really in about any role other than just like a pure Z, take the top off, deep threat uh, type. I mean, I think you could put him in the slot. He could be your X. You put him outside. Um, so – so yeah, I mean, in his his senior year, I think was was solid. They 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 took a little bit of a step back in terms of their in terms of the passing game with Kate Klubnik going to Clemson. Um, so a little bit of a step back there, but um, also too like we just probably didn't have quite the exposure to him that we have had from some others. He wasn't on the in, in the All Star games or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I like Jaden Greathouse. Uh, he was just a really good high school receiver who I think is is has a really high floor. I think he'll be a a multi-year starter at Notre Dame. I think the question is just like in terms of just the ultimate ceiling is probably a little murkier um, than some others uh, with. Uh, so who was uh, the, uh, Drake Bowen? Drake Bowen. I Like we actually, I think we kind of moved Drake Bowen up initially like, during his senior year a yeah, little bit. Times, yeah. Um, and I think he actually might've moved up a little in the final one as well. Like he kind of moved up within the linebacker group. Yeah. Um you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, fantastic high school player, first off. Um, I generally speaking, love linebackers who play on both sides of the ball. There's, I think there's a ton of NFL running backs who played running or NFL linebackers who play running back in high school. Um, so, so that I think that's that's a feather in his cap for sure. I think the competitive like character, the play personality is fantastic. He's physical, he's instinctual, he's always around the ball. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing with him is just going to be what really determines his ultimate ceiling is just going to be the high end athleticism, ability to cover play in space. Um, thought he probably was a little heavy at the all American bowl. He could kind of, you know, and some of that might've been, he was out of the season. Like I know those seasons in, in Indiana finished pretty early. early. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like he just came, came out from playing like in a state championship game or something like that. Like some of these guys. Um, so, so. But, but it wasn't a deal where we saw him out there and, like, we, like, dinged him for it, really. Um, but I think that's the area that's just really kind of probably determined, you know, is, is he just a really good college player, late draft pick type, for like, you know, four-year player? Or is he, like, a high-end, you know, high-end draft pick, day one, day two type? It's really going to be just how does athleticism translate and how is he able to cover? I think in terms of just playing – in the box, defending the run, being like in, in also too, I think a value that he has, which our, our evaluations are really, a lot of them are a little more cut and dry than this, but, but I think he brings 
and you can speak to this better than me, Mike, but I, I think he brings like a leadership aspect. He's a guy who's going to maximize his talent. He probably look has the look of a defensive captain, uh, guy who calls your defense at Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an added value to him. And that's a deal where I think his value probably to Notre Dame, especially when you factor in what he did for the recruiting class, probably outweighs his on-field value, which is also substantial. So um, that's not something we really factor in. But I think if right. you're if you're building a team like Notre Dame's doing, like that's, a, that's a guy you want. Um, but, yeah, you can see right there. I mean, he's, he's obviously – he's a striker. Like I think he, I think the the mentality and, and all of that is is exactly what you want. So um, the biggest thing for me with him is just going to be that it's really going to determine is just is just the the high end movement skills. How does he project playing in space? I think I think with Rico Flores, Charles, you got to talk to me about this one, man. Yeah, uh, you got to talk to me about this one, Charles. I need to know why he's a three star. Yeah. Okay. So the receiver, like. There you are, have a tough job. You you there really are have a there tough are so job. many good there are so many good receivers like and it, it it tends to be like this most cycles like this is not something that's like specific to twenty three, but there are a ton of good receivers and like all these guys they all have a thousand yards they're all catching fifteen touchdowns most of them are running sub eleven one hundreds like there are a ton of good receivers so I think. With Rico Flores, somewhat similar to Jaden Greathouse, he's a really high floor prospect. I think he's one of the best route runners in the cycle. Um, you know, didn't like his senior year, I think was was solid. It wasn't like on the extreme, good or bad. I think it was solid. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I I liked I liked watching him play safety. Like I thought he made some really good plays. Like I watched one of their games, I thought he made like some really he had some bone crushing hits at safety. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think the thing with him is just really just the, the, the one thing I think that will kind of similar to, to what I said about Drake Bowen, I think the biggest, uh, kind of variable with, with Rico Flores is going to determine if, if we're right or wrong about his ranking is just going to be the athleticism, yeah. the, 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 the top end speed, mm-hmm. um, the, the Twitch, you know, he's not overly long either, um, so I think that could some, at sometimes can affect his catch radius in contested in contested situations. But he he does have good ball skills. Like I think I think he kind of projects as a uh, kind of of, of of a possession slot. You can separate with his routes kind of in the short to intermediate game. Um, but uh, I, I I like I I like his skill set and like like what he brings. But if we're kind of projecting towards NFL, I probably want to see like a little more top end speed, especially when you're stacking him up with a lot of these guys can really run um and you know have equal or, or better production so that's the, that, that like that's the tough thing with it um you know i i wish we could have 500 four stars but we we can't so yeah. uh it happens but i i still think i still think he he brings a skill set that, that adds value to notre dame and I, I think notre dame did did pretty well with their receiver group um just generally speaking i think you want to bring in guys with, with a variety of talent um variety of skills that, that can do different things. And I think they kind of brought that in. I mean, I, I feel the best about great house um, yeah. personally, but, um, and then too, I mean, we're talking 24, like I'm really, really okay. high, on, really high on, 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 on cam. So um, yeah, but, but I, I think generally speaking, I think, I think they, they, they added, they added some, some nice pieces um, 
to the receiver room and, and just the offense in general. Like I think that's a, been a big thing with Notre Dame is just getting the skill talent in there. Like Jeremiah Love, I, I think Jeremiah Love has the potential to maybe be like, like he could be the best running back in the cycle if he hits in a big way. Um, the biggest thing with him is just going to be how does he develop like running between the tackles, kind of as, as an every down back. Not yeah. not a like was not like a high volume ball carrier, but I think he his all purpose ability is fantastic. Uh, and really, I think impressed us with just his physicality. Like I, I think he has that like capability to be a guy who runs through contact. Just didn't have to do it a ton. It was kind of just using a multi-purpose role in high school. But um, I, I think we ended up with him like pretty high. We actually might have had him the highest of anybody. Um, I think he's our fourth running back. So um, I think he I think he adds a piece to Notre Dame that they really. I don't know if they've had a lot of guys like him in the last couple of years in, in their backfield. So um, that was a big recruiting win. Like I, I'm, I'm really high on him. And I, so I think when, I think when you look at the, the skill talent in totality with Minchie, the receivers, Jeremiah love, I mean, Notre Dame always recruits tight end pretty well, along with the offensive lineman, probably one of the best offensive line classes in the country. I think you have to be pretty pleased with it um, to be honest. Yeah, Charles, we're gonna have to bring you back in the spring. We had some more, we had a couple things, but uh, I've got in-laws uh, clamoring for me to head upstairs, um, and and I get to dinner. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this was awesome, Charles. I, I think yes. the biggest thing to kind of take away is th- there's two. There's the we just look at it from a Notre Dame perspective, right? I know Notre Dame targets and commits. I'm talking about me specifically, and I'm sure Tim, you fall in line with this. A lot of Notre Dame fans. We just follow the guys that like. I'm not following Joe Schmo out in, in Arkansas, who Notre Dame hasn't offered. I, I mean, I don't have the time to, you know, like, like that's not my job. So I can't compare Jaden Greathouse to or, or Rico Flores to the 62 receivers ranked above them, except for the mm-hmm. guys Notre Dame's recruited. So I think that's something that important. Like you said, um, yeah, production's important, but all these guys are really productive. You know, like. Jaden Greathouse production, like he, he, it's fantastic. But yeah, there's a lot of other highly productive receivers that maybe didn't have Kate Klubnik throwing to them for three years. That's that's something that's um, that's good to know. And then the the sample size continues to grow in a recruiting cycle. I think that's like yeah, if you're only ranking th- like 50 guys right now, and you're, you're, you're with the 2026 class, there's only 50 yeah. you're looking at. But that only grows. And I, again, going back to what I said earlier about you and Cody doing such a good job, I, I think the pool is bigger with you guys because I think you scout a lot more than everyone else does. Yeah. So there's, I think that's part of the reason why there's a lot of discrepancies between on three and the other sites because I think you guys do your most homework. That's that's I'm biased, but that's 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 my opinion, and I'm sticking yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate that, and I, I think I mean a great example like, like you brought up earlier is Brandon Hillman in Notre Dame's class. Like Brandon Hillman is the type of prospect that we're not going to hesitate in moving up. Uh, and it might seem to some people like it's drastic, but you watch Brandon Hellman and you take the full breadth of kind of his, his profile, what he brings to the table. And I like, well, like when we stacked it up at the end, like it's enough to, to put him, I think one thirty something like wherever we put him. Um, so, and I, it's one of those deal, deals too. Like we put out a ranking first. I wish we had put out a ranking last because you know, I would have moved him up a little more just so we were the hot guy. I wanted to be the highest on Brandon Hellman. Like we're like very bullish on him. I think especially when you're projecting him as a safety, um, you know, but I think when you look at just the, the athletic ability, the length, um, he's a guy who had, he had a 40 inch vertical at the elite 11, just a, like just a fantastic 
football player all around. But man, the, the, the thing that I love about him is like, this is a high school quarterback and you put him at safety and he is blowing people up. Like he is just detonating on, uh, on guys with the ball. So um, I, I think it's hard not to watch him and kind of fall in love with him as a safety prospect. So, um, you know, but, but just in general, like we, I think when you look at the safety position, there's a ton of top safeties who play quarterback in high school. So I think that's a very good indicator just from you know, understanding the game, playmaking yeah. ability, uh, you know, seeing the field, knowing how the pass game works, manipulating quarterbacks um but but i thought his his toughness to go with just the general skill level and athleticism was was awesome and he's younger for the class as well that's one thing generally speak like just in doing this and i think i'm like if i have time I might, I might write an article on this but in this cycle in 2023 there there was there was certainly a trend of late risers or right guys who ended up being five stars, top 100 types who, who were younger for the class, ones who um, maybe matured and, and just kind of popped his prospects a little later. And Brandon Hillman's like that. I mean, Brandon Hillman is younger than some 2024 prospects. So you think about, okay, like what would, what would this guy be ranked if he was in 2024? Well, he would be ranked really high. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think, I mean, he's one of my favorite prospects in Notre Dame's class. Like I, he's, he's really exciting. And I, I think he's a guy that, you'll probably look back on and say, man, like I, he probably should have gotten more, more headlines, or just more recruiting buzz. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting how that works. It's not always, it's not always one-to-one um, with, with, with how the players end up and kind of the attention they get, but that's, that's honestly, like it's a, it's a big, it's one of the biggest inefficiencies just in college football recruiting, at least like in my opinion is like the, a player's develop developmental, curve or just their rate of development doesn't really dovetail with the timeline for, for recruiting because it's just so accelerated. I mean, guys are taking official visits in the summer. Um, teams are really kind of building their boards out sophomore, junior year. So, um, but that's not necessarily our timeline because we just have, we have the advantage of being able to stretch this thing out until after the senior season uh, into the middle of January. So oh, that's like why ours look a little different. If Bama had your timeline, maybe Bama and everybody's offering them. It's kind of what, kind of what you're getting at, for sure. I mean, I, I think I think I think if if teams could had the luxury to build their boards starting in the fall of the senior season, it would it would always yeah. look, it would typically look like a lot yeah. different. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So Brandon Hillman's a great example of that, though. I mean, he's he's one of the biggest risers, I think, throughout the fall, really nationally in in this cycle. Charles, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll definitely have to bring you on again in the spring. We got some more stuff we'll want to talk to you about, and uh, yeah, I think you, uh, yeah, you did a great job, man. Appreciate you you joining us, and uh, yeah, take it easy, man. Thank you, Charles. Good. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Charles Power, I'm telling you, I I, I think he's fantastic. I I really do, and uh, I, you know, he's he's a good dude too. But I, I'm telling you. I, I'm I'm gonna kick him from the studio too, so he's not watching backstage, so he's not hearing what I'm saying. But like seriously. I, I think he's a rock star, and I don't always agree with him. And I think the three star thing crazy for Rico Flores, but I don't know. You were I'm impressed, just, him. Number one, I just love to say he sounded like me talking about Hillman at safety. When, when I remember when we first got his film, I'm like, don't even waste your time on offense. Throw him at safety, let him develop his physicality, his speed, let him play safety, develop. 
I love him at safety. So I, I just love, I, I, you know me, I like popcorn. So I can sit back, eat popcorn, and just listen to him just talk about the Notre Dame guys. He, he gave great detail on all of them. People love to throw flamethrowers and pitchforks and Damn, get upset. Twenty-four-seven. He was excellent. That's the great point. He has excellent. detail on everyone. Excellent. Did you hear any gen- generic bullcrap in there? No, he gave. He broke down everything. Dude. I mean, I love the Vernon thing and, and whatnot, breaking it down, because it is true. You're going to get an early sample. He was a grown man as a freshman, as a sophomore, and then just more bodies. Perfect example is Hillman. No one, Everyone heard of Vernon two years ago. No one heard of Hillman. Notre Dame's getting both of them. So I think, they're both the rankings are super subjective. Have, like, believe in something, be able to back it up and stick to it, like, so yeah, Rico Flores is a three star. Brent, I disagree with it. A quick, but like he came on. I mean, he. I think he did a good job. Being no, he did a good job. I still disagree, but a quick, I, a quick, I mean, no, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're just, we're just in a day and age where anytime someone disagrees with you, you try to cancel them on Twitter. Like I disagree with them, but like I I respect them, and I think that's all you can do. No, I was gonna say real quick before you and I go get some dinner. Here is you know people always talk about you know like Bowen. Oh, you know, so as he was talking, I, I went on the recruiting rankings and everyone's like, oh, he should be top 50. Okay. Well, he's a 92 in their rankings. The top 50 is a 93. Well, the 93s go all the way from 146 to 201. Really? So Bowen is just, um, and Bowen's in the top 10 of the 92s. So hmm. he is just an eyelash away from being in that category. So that shows you like, Splitting hairs, he said that. He did. He talked about that. He said it's tough when you get like that in. So when people say, well, he should be top 50. Dude, he's a top 50s or the 93s. He's a 92. He's one for, He's one away. And sometimes you take those things into account. It doesn't mean he's a bad football player. Just because he's ranked 210 doesn't mean he's a bad football player. He's oh, God. a damn good football player. So I found that interesting where he's breaking down the uh, – and then I did it real quick with the 92s. It's – just these big categories they're really in. So um, it was excellent. And definitely we got to get him back in the spring to talk about CJ Carr and, and obviously all the guys moving forward in 2024. He was really good. I enjoyed that, Mike. Thank yeah. you. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up our show. Please do hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel for more content. Head over to blueandgold.com. You guys have a great week. Stay safe. And as always, we won't catch you next Wednesday. And we won't catch you this Friday. But we'll have plenty of YouTube content throughout the next week. And of course, do go over to blueandgold.com. Appreciate you everyone. And we'll catch you next time.